my dearest bedroom window. To the woman who inspires me most. To Eo's chapstick. To airports. My goddamn headphones. To the big hammocks in Dubai. To my dear highways. Good morning and welcome to Sorry I'm in Studio, a podcast delivered to you at the most productive hours of studio, 1 a.m. Sunday night. On this episode of Sorry I'm in Studio, architecture and design students will share their Valentines to design, addressed to the places, people, experiences, and things that inspire us all. To my dearest bedroom window. I remember snuggling close to you on my bed, trying to pull my body closer to my heart and curling by you to capture enough light on my book. The thin drywall was successfully drowning out the conversations of my family outside. I felt the wind crawling through any of the invisible dents and imperfections from age. I'm not sure why, but I felt warmer in that moment. I felt tiny in my tiny bedroom with my tiny book trying to get closer to the light you naturally illuminated. Earlier in the semester, I asked several students what places made them feel safe and why. My studio project was exploring the idea of what safety meant and felt in architecture, and I asked this question out of curiosity and to better my understanding uh, with this exploration. I'm not really sure what I expected, but several students said places like their car, in their bed, wherever their cats were, a quiet library, my safe space was next to you. The book I was reading at the time was The Eyes of the Skin, a really good book, and a particular quote captured my thoughts of that warm moment I said earlier, that warm moment I felt. The chief benefit of the house is that the house shelters daydreaming, a house protects the dreamer, the house allows one to dream in peace, but even more, an architectural space frames, halts, strengthens, and focuses our thoughts and prevents them from getting lost. Don't you think that all fun architecture starts with that daydreaming? What a lovely thought. We're just a bunch of daydreamers dreaming of creating safe places, dreaming of solving the issues of the world with our craft, dreaming of anything really. And we go to a college taught by even more dreamers because they dreamt of creating dreamer students. What a really fun world design is. On that particular quote, the book was explaining how the geometry of thought echoes the geometry of the room. I certainly hope that my thoughts and dreams echo you, my bedroom window. Love, Jolene Lumqueco. woman who inspires me most, my grandma. She was extraordinary and she knew it. She made every person in a room feel seen. Fashion week was her Super Bowl. She designed with grace and elegance. She is my inspiration. A fearless woman who became a flight attendant and traveled the world when many of her friends were getting married and staying put. She knew herself. Growing up, I resented her Prius that turned the air conditioning off during the hot Texas summers I spent with her at every street light. Her saving every piece of Tupperware for eternity. She taught me how to be free, how to create with intent, to be confident in my sense of self. I miss your Anna Wintour haircut, 
your signature museum walk, slow with your hands behind your back, soaking in the room, almost floating through the space. The latest Vogue always resting near your coffee and cigarettes. The gloves you elegantly designated for driving only. Your dollar store sunglasses that you managed to elevate to a level not yet imagined. The way you taught me, sitting beside me, watching each stroke of paint glide across the canvas, nodding in approval silently. As the music of the studio played softly, the dust shining in the light coming through the window. Going into my adult life without you is hard. I even miss the Prius now. When I'm drawing, sometimes I realize the similarity in my hands to yours, and I remember that you gave me my extraordinary eyebrows. It makes me so happy to know that. So much of you is me. I'll write more soon. Love, Amber. To my EOS chapstick. I have grown to love EOS. Not the original one we all know. The egg shape, the ball shape chapstick. That, that's not the one I'm talking about. There's a different one they have. It's actually a tube one, more classic in the shape of chopsticks. But something about the way they design it, similar to the egg of the same material, the tube, the capsule that encloses the actual chapstick, or lip balm, the design they went for it with the monochromatic look of most of the um, chapsticks and aromas, but also just the slight detail they added top of the chapstick is a little indent. This indent perfectly fits pretty much each one of my little fingers, which is very comfortable to use and just comfortable to hold. It helps calm me, I would say. It's just, I'm sitting too long in class, to be honest, with these three to six hours of me sitting down in this online world now. But also just it has this, the nicest opening closing sound. Like, I don't know if you can be able to hear it, but it's just really my fidget tool, but also my lip balm. So really multi-use, multi-purpose little tube I have. It goes around with me everywhere. It's small. That's really why I chose it. I saw it on the shelf. Saw it. I was like, that's an interesting tube. And I chose it, and I've been using it for over a year, and I'm very grateful for it. Honestly, kept my lips unchapped, has great flavors. This is not an ad, but I really do enjoy this chapstick lip balm. I love you, chapstick. <laughs> From Morgan. <laughs> There's such a place of permanence, built of concrete and metal and glass, fixed into the ground. Such immense spaces, there to stay forever, yet no one stays. That's not why they're there. But you understand. You hear people leaving, you hear people meeting, you hear welcome home or call me when you land. People running around because maybe they left home too late or security randomly checked their bag they need to catch their flight. 
you wouldn't know. They could be traveling to a city that's been on their bucket list for a while, or they could be visiting their hometown after years to see their loved ones. They could be picking up and starting again in an entirely new country, you wouldn't know. You don't know if they just said goodbye to someone they'll miss, or if they're on the way to see someone they miss. They might be happy, they might be sad. They might be good people, or they might be bad people. They might be having a good day, or they could be having a terrible day. This might be their first time flying in a plane. They might be nervous. The airport is the energy of all of these people. And all of these people have their own lives. A favorite book, a favorite song, a favorite person. You wouldn't know unless you talked to them. That's what I miss. I miss talking to strangers. I miss seeing their noses and their mouths. I miss the smile that goes with the crinkle of their eyes. I miss all the people I could see living their own lives, going to millions of different places, rushing around so fast, everything changing, but then the airport lets go of all this energy and it reads again at night. In the dark morning at 3 a.m., it's quiet. You only see two people walking around. You sit at your gate in front of the big windows. The dark blue sky hits the sea of tarmac. Planes and trucks move around lazily with blips of light that come and go. The only thing that really seems to be happening. Everything else is still and silent, but it's not boring. There's no one there, but it's not lonely. It's just comforting. You're going somewhere, but not yet. For now, it's just you and the airport and the world. And I love that feeling. My goddamn headphones. Let's start, let's state the obvious. You are noise cancelling. The Sony WH-1000XM3. The names suck, but the headphones are good. I swear to you. I tried so many headphones. I, the last one I tried, I bought it cheap on Amazon for 35 bucks. And this one hurt my ears. The noise cancelling was hurting my ears. One day I was in the bus and I had enough. I could hear the bus and it was making noise that I did not recognize. And I was like, I'm gonna spend as much as I can on a noise cancelling headphone to stop suffering, to put an end to the suffering of my life. I went, I researched, I found the Sony WH-1000XM3. I know the name sucks, but trust me, people. I knew it was it. I looked at the price on Amazon and it cost a, it cost a lever. They literally asked you for your lever. And I'm like, I can't do it. So I went on eBay. And you know eBay. You have, if you use eBay, some people order PS5 on it and receive rice bag. So I found one. It was, it had a good price, you know. And I said, I'm going to buy it. They said it's coming in one week. One week. Give us 350 bucks and one week. Two weeks later, nothing. I text them. I said, I'm waiting for my headphones. And they said, yes, it's on the way. Here's the reference number. The reference number leads to nothing. One month later, still nothing. 
at this point, I was like, I want you to give my money back. I have enough of that. And they said, okay, we're going to give you your money back. When you receive the headphones, we are going to you send them back and we will give you your money back. And then one day, this dude knocks on my door. He's from DHL or something. He comes with a white package and he's like, is it, is it you, Camille? I'm like, yes, it is. And I open the package and here they are, guys. They are there. They are tiny. I thought they were big. That, you know, like they, they, they were going to be the thing, but they are like tiny. I lift them up and they are, they, they are so light that I knew that, that I, I was like, I've been scammed. That's the end. I'm officially dumb. I put them on my ears. And there was a fan burning in my bedroom. You know. And I put the headphone on. I turn on the fan. And the fan disappears. I can't hear the fan anymore. I'm like, whoa! What's happening? And I look at the fan, it's still burning, but I cannot hear it. I go to my window, there is like a road, I can't hear the car. And I'm like, gosh, this goes above my expectation. This is like the real deal. And from that point on, I never took them off. I will go and cross the road with these headphones on. I will talk to people. And not hearing what they were saying and nodding my head with those headphones on. I would sleep with the headphones on. I would put the headphones on and not put any music, but they would be on anyway. For years, one day they broke. And for the first time in my life, I actually repaired something because I loved it. I love those headphones so much that I repaired them. So I could use them more. And you know, it's I, I can't bleed 300 bucks like instantly, you know. And I'm not gonna buy those cheap 50 bucks on, you know, Amazon, if you remember. So, fast forward, when I went to UH one day, I saw a friend. I saw him from far away. I knew how he looked like, the way he walked. And I knew from far away it was him. And he looked at me and he came and he said that, I also saw you from far away. And I was like, wow, what did you look at? Is this my face? Is that my clothes? Is that the way I'm standing? He said, no, the headphones. I just shot for the headphones and I knew it was what you, Cadmiel. And I'm like, wow, this thing have just become my identity. And I don't regret it. I, love, I like those headphones. From Cadmiel to the Sony WH-1000X M3, long name, good quality. To the big hammocks in Dubai. I would probably be asleep for hours. You look so comfy. You feel like a cloud, probably. I'd get lost in time spending the afternoon or day or week in 
the hammocks. I can't believe I have not heard about you sooner. Love, Natalie. To my dear highways, I couldn't have been more than 10 or 11 when I first started to go to sleep early in the evenings only to wake up at the crack of dawn to hop into the backseat of the car and begin my day commuting into the city. I used to hate it so much. Groggy eyes and messy hair as I grumbled, wishing that I could stay an hour longer before having to be woken up. My mother used to have a joke. She used to say that our house wasn't really our house, but instead that our house was a car because we spent so many hours on Houston freeways driving to and from all over the city. Whether it was school or soccer practice, robotics or track, we were always going places. I remember constantly staring out my window, trying to find things to keep me engaged. Whether it was a billboard with faulty lights, or a sign without its LEDs, or even just a funny license plate, these little games started to spring up and turned into more fanciful imaginations. At some point, I began looking into the other cars on the road. We were in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and I would see the same people for probably 10 or 20 minutes. I'd look to see how they were dressed, how they had done their hair, if they were wearing any makeup, if they were with someone else, or if they were driving by themselves. I would start to wonder, who is this person? Are they going to work? Taking a child to school? What are their hobbies or passions? Where do they live? I'd come up with these stories, and in a way, it felt like community. Even though we were all in our separate cars, headed to separate destinations, in that moment, all of us were there together, in traffic. We were traffic. Days turned to months, and suddenly, I no longer hated getting up early to get in my car and drive into the city. My body had seemed to learn the rhythm of the road. You know, that clunky rhythm that happens when cars go over bumps or across different lanes. Before I knew it, I could hop into a car and fall asleep within 10 minutes, feeling the rhythm soothe me to sleep almost like my own lullaby. As days turned to months and months turned to years, I soon learned how to drive and had a driving license of my own. And soon I was the one driving on these crazy freeways. It's funny though, with all the years that passed and all the construction that happened, these highways don't change very much. There's always the familiar cones, the familiar signs telling you to stop texting. You start to learn the ways of the highway. I had almost had it down to a science. I knew that if I needed to be somewhere by a certain time, I had to leave my house at exactly 5.43. Because for some reason, if I left at 5.40, it was too early. And if I left at 5.45, it's too late. But I knew that sweet spot. And as an adult, I 
found different things that I loved about the highways. Previously, I'd look out into the cars of other people, but soon I began noticing, for example, how the sun started to come up and how the buildings would cast shadows in ways that I hadn't previously noticed. I began to fall in love with certain on-ramps and off-ramps. I remember my favorite being the ramp from Beltway to I-10. You go up maybe about 70 feet in the air, and before you know it, you see the entire highway, the entire city. You can see for miles on end, and it's both shocking and scary and exciting and beautiful. I always felt a sense of wonder and awe whenever I was blessed to see those kinds of views. On the contrary, I always felt a peace of calm and serenity whenever I would do the off-ramp from Beltway 8 to 249. You go down under the bridge and then swoop back up just in time to see the hospital out in the distance. Whenever the two lanes would merge, I knew that I was finally home and that soon my commute would be over. It's funny now looking at the city because I'd no longer see streets or buildings. When I think of Houston, I think of highways. If I'm ever lost, I always know to find my way back to them because they'll always lead me home. We hope you enjoyed this special edition episode of Sorry I'm in Studio, Valentine's to Design. If you feel inspired yourself to write your own Valentine to Design, message us at Sorry I'm in Studio on Instagram for the chance to have your writing featured on Valentine's Day. And follow us at Sorry I'm in Studio on Instagram for the latest graphics and episode trailers.